Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Praise the Lord. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Creating the Prayer Culture for God. Prayer line, hotline, praise be to God. Restoration line, praise be to God for everyone, amen, that calls on the name of Jesus. So we just thank God, amen, that everyone, amen, can tune in this morning, chime in. Praise be to God. You do not consider it to be robbery. To come before the throne room of grace, amen. We just celebrate, praise be to God. We're just in our heavenly realm right now, so praise be to God. Thank you for tuning in for all of our listeners, praise be to God, on the podcast, on all the platforms that God has blessed us with, praise be to God, as we enter his gate with thanksgiving, we enter his most holy court with praise, hallelujah. Thank God, amen, for the man of God, Pastor Luther. Praise be to God, setting the, the atmosphere up. Praise be to God for praise and worship for the Holy Spirit to always dwell in, amen. First thing this morning, my God, in the name of Jesus, who wouldn't be excited, amen, for another day that the Lord has given us, amen, because he said, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, we thank you, God, that we did not die last night, but we live, Father God, because you said weeping may endure through the night. But, Lord, joy come in the morning. God, we thank you, God, that we don't have to weep no more, God. We don't have to weep. We don't have to cry, God, because you have given us joy, God. Unspeakable joy. Joy that the world did not give to us and the world sure can't take it away, praise to God. And I want that to register in everyone's heart. This morning, praise be to God. This is the joy that the Lord has given us, thanks of God. And the world, Joel, can't take it away. They can't have it, amen. They don't know what to do with it, praise be to God. And I'm talking about the things of the world. I'm talking about the desires and the comforts of the world, amen. Because the Bible said, what profit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose his soul? My God, in the name of Jesus. So I thank God, amen, that we are all content on what we already have, amen. We got life. Thanks of God, you can raise your hand up and say, Lord, I thank you. I surrender all to you, God. You are my Father, my God. I'm a Father. I'm a Father, my God. I lean unto you, Father God. I trust in you, God, in all your ways and everything that you do, Father God. You know my thoughts. You know everything that goes on, Father God, in my mind. You know every nick and crevice, Father God. Every cover, Father God. Everything, Father God, is available to you, God. And we just thank you, Father God, that we can enter your gates, God. Woo, we already got thanksgiving in our heart, thanks to God. Thanksgiving is on our lips. It's in our heart, amen, And we enter his most holy court with praise. Hallelujah. It's on the tip of our tongue, amen. God said, woo, my God. He said, I will bless the name of the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continuously, my God, continuously, that means on and on, continuously to be in our heart. My God, in the name of Jesus, David said, the word that I feel in my heart, that I shall not do it God. And we thank God, amen, for restoring us all back to him. Amen. His love, praise be to God, hallelujah, restore back to my first love, amen. That's what we're talking about this morning. Restore back to my first love, restore back to my first love. I'm not talking about love on earth. I'm talking about love in the spirit, amen, my first love. Yeah, my 
eternal life through Jesus Christ. My God, so we restore it back to our first love, thanks to God. As you can hear my voice over this phone line, over this podcast, amen. Remember your first love, my God. Remember when you lifted up your hand. Remember, my God, when you look to the hill, which coming your help. Your help coming from the Lord. That's your first love, your first love. You're restored, Lord, back into your heart, my God, because he said through love and kindness, have I drawn these? And God drove you, my God, back to his bosom, back to his love, back to his heart, back to his vision, his plans and purpose that he had for you in this earth, my God, for eternal life, my God. God knew you before you was even born. He knew you before you was even in your mother's womb. He had predestined for you to be a mouthpiece, to be a born to this nation. Put that hot cold on your mouth and say, here I am, Lord. Send me out, oh, my God, in the name of Jesus. Where are the ones, my God, with the voices, my God, who hearts has been restored, my God, so we thank God that we can come back to him, amen, and be restored in Oh, my God, just like a little child, my little child, amen, we want to speak with security, uh, we want to speak, amen, for protection, my God.
and he knows, amen, the plans that he has for his people, praise be to God, and we'll continue to pray, amen, for healing, for repentance, amen, we desire, amen, for everyone that God desires, amen, for every man, woman, child to come back to him, praise be to God, I want you all to understand that you must have a heart of repentance, amen, you must be willing to come back to God, amen, God is not going to force himself on anyone, amen. Jesus said, you can't come to me unless my Father has sent you. And you know that that is God's love, amen. But God loves everyone. He don't want no one to perish. He don't want no one to be destroyed. He wants every person to come back to repent of their sins, ask for forgiveness of your sin. Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, forgive me for anything that I have done. Lord, forgive me for reverting back to the world. Lord, forgive me, God. I was a vice lot of God, but now I'm not anymore, God. Because I believe in my heart, Father God, that you forgave me for everything that I've done, no matter how horrific it was, no matter how hindrance it was, God. God is a forgiving God. Amen. There is nothing, amen, in this world that we can do, amen, to draw God's love more closer than he's already done, amen, because he's already sent out his son, Jesus, amen, to this earth, amen, because he loves us so much, my God. Jesus said, I'll go, Father. I'll go. I'll go. I'll restore them, my God. I'll restore them back to your first love. I'll restore them back to, to you, Father God. So as we, amen, we can err by forgetting God's love. Amen. We don't want to ever forget God's love. Amen. We can err by forgetting God's love by not trusting in him and not putting him first in everything. He has to be the first priority in everything that we do. We have to center everything around God, amen? God don't have to center everything around us, amen? He owns everything. Everything belongs to God, amen? He is our Father, amen? And he corrects us. He disciplines us, praise be to God. And we must, amen, we must be careful, praise be to God, of what we put our hands on, our tongue, amen, our mouth on, praise be to God. But we also, amen, by forgetting his, forgetting his wrath against our sins, Thinking we he will continue to accept us no matter how we act. My God, the Bible says in Romans chapter, book of Romans chapter one, Amen. Uh, Romans chapter six, Amen. Start with verse one. Shall we continue on sinning that grace might abound? By no means, Amen. If we die to sin, Amen. We no longer live in sin. My God, we can't revert back to sin. Praise be to God. So don't don't try to test God. God should not be mocked, Amen. If you ask for forgiveness, amen, you can't keep going back and say, well, Lord, I come back to you and I ask for repentance and you go back out there and do it again. No, 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 you can't do that. Praise be to God. You got to come out of that. You got to ask God, Lord, deliver me, God. Take that taste out of my mouth. And we have heard a lot of the ministers and, and, and sisters and brothers on this phone line, praise God, on this pancast, amen, that God has taken the taste out of their mouth because they asked God to take that taste out of their mouth. Take them out of that lifestyle. I don't want to live like this no more. I don't want to be this way no more. I don't want to talk like this no more. I don't want to think like this way no more, God. I want better for me, myself, my God. I want better for my children. I want better for my children's children. I want better, amen, for the next generation, my God. I'm not just thinking about myself. I want better for the whole entire people of this world, my God. That's why, amen, we, we got by forgetting his wrath against our sin, thinking he will continue to accept us no matter how we act. Forgiveness, hear me, saints of God, hear me. Forgiveness is a key word. Mm, mm, mm. Everybody's not a 
shows mercy to the sinner. My God, in the name of Jesus. God judges the sin, not the sinner. Amen. He showed mercy to the sinner. But we can't keep going back and forth, back and forth. Lord, you deliver me out of lust. Lord, you deliver me out of adultery. Lord, you deliver me out of crack. You deliver me out of drugs. You deliver me out of alcohol. Lord, you deliver me, Father God, out of cussing and swearing words. Lord, you deliver me out of hatred. You deliver me out of murder and strife. Lord, you deliver me from all of those things, God. You can't keep going back to those same things and coming back to the altar and asking, God, Lord, can you forgive me this one last time? No, that is a hypocrite. My God, in the name of Jesus. Once God forgive you your sin, that's it, thanks of God. You can't continue to continue to sin, amen, and thinking that grace is going to abound. My God, in the name of Jesus Christ, he is not like man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent on what he said. If God said it, amen, he said your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more, as he told the woman who was caught in adultery, he said go and sin no more, your sins are forgiven. Don't go back and sleep with those men no more. Don't go back and, and do those things in the world no more. My God, you was once a bite but now you've been restored back to your first love. My God, the hand of God, amen, is love. My God, when he reaches out his hand, his, the Bible says his hands is on stretch as wide as the sea. My God, as wide as this universe. My God, he gathered up all his sheep. My God, and there is one message. God said he goes back. My God. Go back and grab that one sheep and put them on your shoulder and bring them back into the pen with the other 99. My God, will they be secure? My God, God don't want nobody to be destroyed. He wants every son and daughter to come back to him and repent. As we go to the book of Psalms, chapter 139, Psalm of verse 1, amen, at the, the, the servant David, praise be to God, amen. He was a servant. He was a man after God's own heart, praise be to God. And David had this, a lot of things that was in the world, praise be to God. And, you know, that's one thing that a lot of people like to say, you know, I, I just, I just being like David, I want to be like Job. No, you don't want to be like David. You don't want to be like Job. God already have a plan for your life, my God. But David, when David sinned, amen, if you read the whole entire book, amen, of 1st King, 2nd King, my God, 1st Samuel, 2nd Samuel, Psalms, Proverbs, my God, you will see that with David said, Lord, created me a clean heart and renew and a right contrite spirit within me. David did not go back to re-sin again. David did not go back on that rooftop to look at another woman. My God, come on, men of God. You want to use that excuse every time, amen, that you get caught in your ism and schism out there, your cunning and crafty. David did not go back and sin again. He asked God for repentance. And he moved on, thanks to God. My God. He knew, amen, that he couldn't hide from God. Amen. Every way we turn, we can't hide from God. Oh, my God. He's everywhere. As we read in Psalms 139, amen, that is my focus and my backdrop of this morning of being restored back to our first love. The prophet David, amen, say here in verse 1, Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. My God, I told you God knows everything, is everything, does everything. He said, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. My God, I told you, God knows all, does all. He knows everything that is going on in our life. He know our motives. He know our thinking. My God, he know every strain that is on our 
body, my God, not just a hair that's on top of your head, hair all over your body. God has everything numbered. He knows every number of saying that is on this earth. I'm not just talking about just in the beach out there or or the ocean out there. I'm talking all over this world, saying, my God, we got saying everywhere. We got saying in our clothes. We got saying in our food, my God. We got saying in everything, saying in our air. My God, you may think you don't have it, but you do, my God. And God numbers every man on this earth. And David said here, For there is not a word on my tongue, but the whole, O Lord, I know it all together. My God, in the name of Jesus. You have hid me behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. My God. Look at verse 6, thanks to God. I love this. I love this. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. My God. You cannot even understand, my God, what such knowledge because God is spirit and those who worship him can worship him in spirit and in truth. My God, as you're being restored back to God's first love, the first love that he placed on your heart. Amen. It's such knowledge. Amen. Only way that you can understand this knowledge is that you get up on the amen. God's Covering, praise be to God, his anointing made my God, not man's anointing, but God's anointing. And it brings wisdom, my God, such wisdom, such knowledge. No man can obtain that. I know we got a lot of smart people that is walking on this earth who can get up, who got the gift for gab, who got charisma, who can speak, who can be a motivated speaker, who can declare, who can make something look good and make it look evil, make something look evil, make it look good. My God, as God said in the book of Isaiah, chapter 5 and 20, my God, but nobody, nobody has the knowledge of God. Oh, my God, you ought to get excited by that place of God, because David said such knowledge is too wonderful for me, my God. Our little finite mind can't even comprehend the things of God. Remember, he said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts, and my ways are higher than your ways. And David said here, my God, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, my God. I'm just a vessel, my God. In the name of Jesus. He said, it is high. I cannot attain it. In verse 7, in the book of 130, book of Psalms, 139, Psalm 1 verse 7, those who just joined it in, Psalm 1 verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? We can't leave from God. We can't run. Come on, bite, louder. Come back. You can't run from God. David said, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? Hmm. In verse 8, he said, if I ascend into heaven, you are there. My God, no matter where you go. He said, if I made my bed in hell, amen, like in our old days, behold, you were there. He said, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, my God, even your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. My God, no matter where we try to run, come on, my God. You can try to run here and there, amen. You can fly to the moon. You can set up on Mars. You can try to go to Jupiter. My God, you're never going to get away from God. He's everywhere, my God. The heaven is his throne and the earth is his footstool. And David said, well, even when I lay my bed in hell, when I was out there sniffing and dipping and doing what I want to do, I was being arrogant, my God. I was a bite-slider, my God. I thought nobody else loved me, but I thank God, woo, my God. I thank God for restoring me back to my first love, my God. I lifted up my hand and I said, Lord, save me, Lord. Rescue me, Lord. And God came, my God, in the 
amen, all of our pastors and leaders, amen, make yourself available unto God's people. Hallelujah. Keep your arms open wide. Be like the father, amen, with his prodigal child. Keep looking down the road, seeing your children come back, coming back to the house of God, coming back to where there's love. My God, it don't have to be a building. It don't have to be a freaking water place. It is your presence. It is your voice. It is the knowledge that you know that you care about them. My God. Counselors and leaders and teachers of the law. Amen. Make yourself available. Praise be to God. Restore these souls back to God. Put fresh souls in heaven because it's all about souls. Because all souls matter. Black, white, green, and yellow, young, old. All souls matter to God. So that is our prayer. Amen. That you be restored back to your first love. So God, we thank you. Thank you for this word. Thank you, Father God, for your presence. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing everything back to our remembrance, God. That the memory of justice blessed. As we continue to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ, God, and when it ministers, bringing us back to you, God. We love you, God. We thank you, God, for always being present in everything that we do. Because nothing in this world shall separate us from your love. No death, no height, no principality, nothing in this world should be able to separate us from your everlasting. So, Father, we thank you. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bless your holy Praise you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Pastor, I'm gonna give my little, I'm gonna give my little comment, then I'm gonna get out the way, cause uh, you know I gotta get, get ready for this appointment. So I'm gonna do my little two cent worth, and then I'll get out the way. If you don't mind, Pastor Fee, because I got an appointment, I'm gonna run off to. Yeah, good word, Pastor. Like really awesome word, awesome word, awesome word. Amen. Um, just wanna shout out to the backsliders out there. If you know anyone that's backslidden. Uh, they don't have to be born again. They don't have to get saved all over again, but they do have to return back to God uh, because that word uh, marriage is a covenant word. It means both parties are involved in engaging that agreement, and when one of them violates, and I know it ain't ever going to be God, uh, his portion of it still stands firm. So you can just return back to that. And I think the other thing that I would like to highlight too is David created a lot of consequences for himself as the king because as long as he stayed backslidden, he was still a man after God's own heart because God kept his part of the covenant. But David went out there and did some things and sinned against that covenant, that marriage, that relationship, and man, he created some problems in his family. He fathered children at that time. They tried to kill each other. They raped their sister. So it was a lot of consequences that took place while he was backslidden. So I want to say to the backsliders out there, man, you know, think about all the consequences you can create as long as you stay out there away from God. It's your choice to go back, but you got to think about the consequences. They don't go away. David still had to deal with them consequences, and that's when he wrote Psalms 51. That's what he was doing. I will never want to do this again because it was too costly. Baby died. Brothers and sisters tried to kill each other, raped each other. He created those consequences because he backslid. But thank God he repented and came back. And so backsliders, you all let that be a wake-up call. The word this morning, let it be a wake-up call to you that you're going to create consequences as long as you stay backslidden. 
God is going, God don't change. His, his part of the marriage agreement, it holds fast. He's married to you. He's going to still be there. He's going to still love you. But are you able to deal with all the consequences that you create for yourself when you backslide? And that's what you have to think about. And so with that being said, thank you again, Pastor Eric. Awesome word this morning. Thank you for the prayer. And uh, I'm out. Amen. Amen. All right then. Well, we're live. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless all of you tonight. Uh, this is Pastor Lester Hayes tonight coming at you on a Tuesday night. Bible study partnered up tonight with River of Life uh, Ministries out of Maryland with Pastors Thomas and Joe Rich and, and, and the Saints of God and, and many, many uh, uh, those uh from New Freedom Christian Ministry tonight and More Than Conquerors Warriors Christ Ministry. So we just like to welcome all of you tonight and all of those 45 plus uh, platforms that we have out there on our podcast and uh, everywhere that uh, this uh, ministry has access. Uh, we believe in all uh, 50 states, seven territories and several countries that we are actually being played in uh, now and we're continuously expanding uh, that reach and so we thank the Lord tonight that this word will be going out uh, tonight and touching and reaching and having influence in all those places and we give God praise for enlarging our territory to be able to reach thousands with the gospel message we thank and praise uh, River of Life for last night Pastor Rich for Monday night uh, awesome uh, prayer and Bible study uh, we just give God uh, Praise for that unspeakable gift, Jesus Christ, who's good and perfect and unchangeable, no variableness, no possibility of changing. And so we've been increased by that. And so tonight we want to continue to speak to you tonight from uh, an area of, 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 of concentration, concentration that God dropped in my spirit about the new restoration that he's going to do, the new culture that he's going to raise up. And uh, the scripture tells us in Isaiah that God said he was going to do a new thing in the last days. And we believe he's doing it, even though everybody out there right now is pushing and campaigning to go back to the way things were. Uh, we know that'll never, ever be the case. And so we just thank the Lord tonight. Amen. For getting ready for this new restoration and this new thing that God promised that he would do. Amen. And we look forward and we started about three or four weeks ago talking about this, teaching about this, in hopes to prepare God's people for this. So let's just pray uh, tonight and go ahead and get started and see how far we can go. We didn't teach on this last week because uh, we were praying for uh, several uh, issues with the home going of those who had passed and moved on, Sister uh, Mark and whatnot. And tonight we even want to offer a prayer right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, for the Jackson family, uh, for Sister uh, Piper, Brother Piper, and uh, Sister Marilyn for the loss of their uh, older sibling. And uh, we just give you praise for confidence and strength in that family, Lord God, as we heard details a minute ago about what is to take place, Lord God, in these coming days. And so we just lift it all up to you, whether it be drive-by, whatever the case might be, 
God, we just ask you to be in the midst of it and just continue to strengthen and comfort that family and get them through this time of loss and grief and sorrow and pain and and, and, and bereavement, we get our, give our condolences to those families now. And we just continue to pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that your will will be done in the midst of all of these situations and circumstances that are before us right now. We thank and praise you for it. In Jesus' wonderful name, we just give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. We thank and praise you for closure today, Lord God, for the final uh, uh, uh homegoing celebration of Mr. George Lloyd in Texas, Houston, Texas today, Lord God, that his body was laid to rest. But we thank you, Lord God, for his soul resting in peace and just continue, Lord God, to heal and strengthen that family and use this uh, opportunity, Father, I believe, Lord God, to uh, to uh, accomplish your will in the earth, Lord God, that it'll bring people closer together. It'll, it'll eliminate the wall that divides us as brothers and sisters before you, God, because you see no color. You have no respect of person. You want unity, and you say when you see the unity, it's right there. You will command the blessing, even life forevermore, as you told us in Psalms 133, verses 1 through 3. And you want it to be like the ointment that was on Aaron's beard, just roll down, God, on all these places of unrest right now and just cover, Lord God, the, the entire face of the earth, Lord God, where all this darkness and gross darkness and trouble is right now. We speak peace and victory over it right now by the blood of Jesus, by the power and authority of your written and spoken word. We declare it now in Jesus' name, Lord God. And so we thank you, Lord God, for doing a new thing. We thank you for a new restoration that you're sending. We thank you that even in this COVID-19, God, you're still pouring out your grace and your mercy and your love. You're still healing. You're still delivering. You're still saving the lost. You're still calling backsliders back. You're still calling the prodigal sons and daughters that are struggling out there, Lord God, in the pig pens of this life. And so, Father, we're just praying now, Lord God, that they will stop being so immature in their decisions. And for those that are mature, Lord God, they'll stop. Lord God, uh, uh, being uh, high-minded and looking down on those that are out there who have fallen on difficult and hard times and reach out to them, Lord God, because you want the church to be your voice in the earth, Lord God, to speak peace, Lord God, to minister salvation, to minister to the lost, Lord God, to minister to the needs of those out there, not only in word, but in deed. So we give you the praise, the glory, and honor right now. Speak to us tonight from your word, Holy Father, and we'll be so grateful to give your name, the praise, the glory, and honor. Now, thank you for all the saints, the believers, the brothers, the sisters that have joined tonight, God. We're just praying in the name of Jesus that at the end of this message that their comments, Lord God, will continue to reinforce, Lord God, what it is that you're, you're telling us that you're going to do, which is to restore, to rescue, to recover, Lord God. You're going to bring in a new... Uh, a new uh, a newness out of this God and a goodness that will lead many women that are struggling to repentance, oh God, that they'll turn back to you, Lord God. And so we give you the praise, glory, and honor and take their, their confidence and trust out of man and put it in you where it belongs, Father, because Jesus, you are the answer to every problem that we have. So we look to you tonight, the author, finish and develop our faith, and we pray your will be done in our lives here on earth and all these places as it is in heaven. We give you glory, honor, and praise for it now in Jesus' name. The Holy Ghost, have your way in this word tonight in jesus name amen all right then we'll praise the lord praise the lord praise the lord like i said the last time we were together we were teaching uh about a new restoration and a new culture and a new thing that god was going to raise up and was going to do amen and uh things have intensified amen you know but uh 
the Lord was, was uh, speaking to me today as I was just kind of worshiping with my little granddaughter. Uh, she was, she's over here now, you know, her and her, her, and her, her brother Carter. And I've been, we've been just hanging out with them and just enjoying them. And their mother and father is, is traveling. But anyway, I was sitting here today at the counter with her and we were worshiping the Lord and talking about keeping my eyes on you, Lord. We was worshiping a song and, and it was about keeping our eyes on you, Lord. Amen. And so uh, in the midst of that, you know, the Lord just began to speak to me and he says, uh, you know, God is going to restore, you know, he's going to do a new restoration different than what anybody can imagine. And he's beginning to shape that up. That's beginning to take place and unfold right now as we're looking at what's going on in the streets of our cities. There is just something there that you, if you focus, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, as you look at what's unfolding, I'm telling you, there'll be little spurts here and there where you'll be able to see, uh, you know, how God is doing this. I, I was just so moved the other day, two days ago, and I turned on, matter of fact, it was Sunday evening, and I saw um, an interview being done by one of the uh, uh, interviewers out there on the, on, the, on the ground, and they were interviewing this little girl. She probably wasn't no more than four or five or six years old, but man, she was marching with such confidence and Initially, I was getting a little upset when I saw that little child out there, but then there were several other little child around her, children around her. But man, when the lady interviewed and stuck the mic in front of her, man, and she was talking to her, and she says, Satan, she says, Satan, you will not steal my future. Devil, you won't steal my future. I bind you. I rebuke you, Satan. And she said, you will not kill any more of my black, any more of my black brothers and sisters out here. And I thought that was, man, that thing sent something through me, man. And I began to understand what God is saying about raising up, you know, an army out of all of this, raising up voices. Uh, last days, he said he was going to pour out his spirit on our sons and our daughters, you know, suffer not these little ones that come into me for such is the kingdom of God for such. A so I see what God is doing. Amen. And he has no respect to person. He used whoever he wants to use. And when I heard that, I said, God, I see what you're saying. And since then, I've been kind of listening and just watching for things, trying to believe and see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And it's there. You just have to be able to look through it through the perspective of God. Amen. Usually when it gets as bad as it can get with man, that's the opportune time for the goodness of the Lord to come in and sweep man off his feet and lead him to repentance. And that's what I'm praying and hoping for and believing for. And then he began to speak to me about what man started in, in a system of religion is what we're up against versus what God started in Christianity. So these are these two forces that are clashing. They've been clashing, uh, you know, good against evil, war against peace, you know, light against darkness. And, you know, man created all the way back as far as you can go. Uh, man has tried to create a system of religion to be able to take the place of what God created in the church in Antioch through Paul and the apostles called Christianity. And that clash has continued to go on. That war between God and, and, and the devil is continually going on. And it's always in every generation we see God bring restoration, God bring relief, God bring recovery, God bring rescue. Always, because he always finds a remnant in that in the midst of all that. Judah was that was that remnant when they came back out of Babylonian captivity. You know, so God always he always going to make sure he maintains 
uh, seabed so he can start all over again. So I'm all in on his restoration. I'm all in on him doing a new thing, even though it looks pretty, pretty uh, chaotic out there for a lot of people right now. There's a lot of Christian people, their faith has been been rocked because, you know, I read the messages, I read the complaints because they want to know why did God let this happen? Or why is God, why is God punishing us? And that's not always the case. It's that system of religion that man creates, you know, uh, whether it be through education, whether it be through the economy, whether it be through government, or just flat out trying to govern how the church should be ran. And a lot of that's been going on. Government, men uh, in high places have always tried to gain control. If you remember the scribes and the Pharisees, Jesus warned us, the hypocrites. He said, beware of the leaven of the other Pharisees. Beware of them who go about trying to create their own right. So you always have had this struggle in every generation. So this is really nothing new under the sun. But then in Antioch, over in the book of Acts, uh, I think the 11th chapter, so 10th chapter, uh, Paul then began to preach and teach the gospel to the Gentiles. And it was for the first time the Lord called them Christians in that church. Amen. People who wanted to be like Christ, people who no longer wanted to be like Caesar. And it is amazing that he had Barnabas and Peter and Paul and them, those people who had been doing other things. And now God had come and called them out of what they were doing a, a, a gen, in a generation, their generation, just like he's doing now, raising up voices, uh, you know, reactivating the voices of those who have gone silent uh, about Christianity, about what God created, what God wanted. And so it's still got that clash between the man's system of religion and God's system of, of Christianity. And that war goes on today and it's a spiritual war. So we want to be able to take a look at that tonight. And he said to me, he says, out of my new restoration will come a new culture that will stand on my word. You need to hear me tonight. He said that will stand on my word. So in other words, in every generation, God is saying, I will raise up men and women, you know, sons and daughters that will stand on my word, says the Lord. He said, I have desired this in every generation for sons and daughters who will stand on my word. I will have those sons and daughters in every generation, says the Lord. He said, for I am seeking and searching for them today amongst this dark and desolate world. He's very aware of what's going on out there, but he don't want us to look at what we see. He wants us to look at what we don't see and look through the, the reflection of the word of what he's already foretold was going to happen, what he already declared was going to happen. And that's where we are to build our arguments in our case going forward. Matter of fact, in the book of Luke chapter 16, verse 8 of the King James Bible, it says this. He says, and the Lord commanded the unjust steward because he had done wisely. He said, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And if you were with us on Sunday, I testified to a situation that I had experienced early on in life that speaks to this exact situation right here. Amen. And I'm seeing it repeat itself today that those children out there right now in the streets, those young people, I was very critical at one point. Saw a young girl the day before, saw the little six or seven, eight year old girl 
14 years old. They were interviewing her, and she said, you know, I just couldn't stay at home. I came out here to be with my friends because I just felt so much energy out here, you know, and it's not, it's not the energy. When God starts moving by his spirit, you know, this is what we're seeing out there, that God is in the midst of all of that, and he's keeping those people. Now everything has become, it has turned peaceful. And, you know, God being the Prince of Peace, Jesus being the Prince of Peace, and we've been praying for peace and declaring peace, we should expect for some peace to show up. And it has shown up, even though there's still chaos going on out there. There's still uh, the possibility of murder taking place. But in the midst of it, you got to believe to see the goodness of the Lord because there's more peace now going on. They pulled back the, the National Guard. They've counseled bringing out the armed forces. They, I mean, they, they're taking away now all those different groups that are out there. Now the police officers, man, now been, you know, they've some of them, man, have been relieved. Some of them have been fired. You know, the tides are turning, and we're beginning to see peace for demonstration. I'm not a guy about demonstration, but for those that are, that are, I just pray they do it in peace, and we're beginning to see that now, even though there's still some little turbulence out there. But you got to see what God is doing. And when, and when when I heard that young lady say that, I said, I just wish somebody could get to it and let her know, man, that's not just human energy out here. That's the presence of God out here because you got young people out here. God is watching over them. He don't want anything to happen to them. Why? That's going to be a part of that new generation, that new restoration that's going to take place. Amen. He said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Now, he didn't leave the old men and the old people hanging. He said they're going to dream dreams and some of the young men going to see visions. So he did not leave us hanging. You know, he's going to pour out my spirit, he says, on maidservants and manservants. That happened once at day of Pentecost, a day of Pentecost. It's going to happen again because one thing about God, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he said in the last days in the book of Joel that it was going to happen. Joel, the second chapter, verse 28 through 31, that it was going to happen. And I believe God's word. So we're going to see it happen. He is going to have that new generation, those men and women, those boys and girls that's going to stand on the word in this generation. They are more wiser than the children of light. Amen. Because some of the people of light have kind of lost their way. They've gotten caught up in the political part of this thing and they've abandoned putting trust and confidence and faith in God. Not all of them. But the majority, for some of the most influential people, they're not caring and pushing more about politics than they are about Christianity. Amen? And, and see, part of that politics falls in that religious system that man has created so he can dominate and control everything. And God said, look, you put no confidence in man, you put your confidence in me. You can't serve two masters. You're going to hate one, love the other one. So he lets us know, and we have to choose. And so... The religion system versus Christianity is what we're looking at here, good against evil, you know, light against darkness. Religion can't produce such children as I long for, says the Lord. For I came to seek and to save the lost, that they may serve and honor me in every generation. And he said to me today, he said, I have 7,000, you know, 7,000 souls right now that I can raise up and call forth to serve me and to honor me and to do what it is I need them to do. And the scripture says that over in the book of First Kings, ninth, verse, uh, ninth, chapter 19, verse 18, the King James Bible. That was said all the way back there. That was said all the way back there in that generation. And he's saying it in this generation today. And he'll say it in every generation. Think about what he said. He said, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the needs which have not bowed unto Baal and 
every mouth which has not kissed him. Look at what God is saying. He said that all the way back there in that generation. He's saying today, I'm going to have me some people, amen, that's going to serve me that have not even yet come forth yet. I haven't raised them up yet. He says 7,000. That seven is a real good number because God is saying, I have, I have a complete enough to do what it is I need them to do. One thing they won't do is bow their knee to the religious systems of Baal. You know, Baal meaning Satan, anything that has to do with anything that is contrary or opposed, uh, you know, God's perspective or God's will. And so then, you know, he went on to say in uh, the book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 4, under the new covenant. Now, first king was under the old covenant. Let's see what he said under the new covenant in this generation. He says this in the book of Romans, chapter 11, verse 4, King James Bible. I love God because he always tried to bring things back to your remembrance that he said. So we don't forget because we'll get caught up in stuff and forget about what God said he was going to do. I'm going to do a new thing. You know, I'm, I, I am. I'm going to restore you know, I'm going to repay. I'm going to reward. I'm going to punish too. I'm going to chasten too. I'm going to do all those things I said I was going to do. Amen. But in this generation, look at what he's saying. He says in the book of Romans chapter 11, verse four, the King James Bible. But what saith the answer of God unto him? The question was asked. I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. There it is again. Here it is now in this generation, and you know, under the new covenant. He's saying the same thing because according to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I do not change. There's no possibility of me changing. I'm the same God. So my covenant is good back there in Kings. My covenant is good right now today. My covenant is going to be good in every generation because I'm going to see to it that I raise up me, amen, some voices that I raise up me a remnant that I raise up and preserve me a seabed in every generation. There will be men and women that will stand on the word, that'll put me in remembrance of what I said, that will wait on God, that will believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, even in its most darkest, desolate hour. Amen. Because his word is that light at the entrance of his word, according to Psalms 119, <coughs> and it giveth light. Amen. And so religion is really a social cultural system of designated behaviors and practices and morals and worldviews and texts and sanctified places and prophecies and ethics and organizations that relate to humanity and sometimes in a supernatural, transcendent, and spiritual uh, uh, element, elementary way. And so this is what man is trying to do, create a new, a new system so that they can control, even want to get into the church business. But see, Jesus uh, founded Christianity in the church of Antioch in Acts, the 11th chapter. We're going to look at that. And so, uh, matter of fact, let's dive into that. It was after Barnabas, okay? There was so much chaos going on. There was such a tug of war going on between the, the, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, uh, you know, the elders in the church, the Sanhedrin council, the high council, you know, so much of that was going on because up until that point, only the Jews were allowed to even talk about, uh, you know, religion. That's what it was. It was religion because they had took the law and twisted it and did so much with it to reform the reshape so they could maintain control over the Gentiles who were running around all over the place, the Samaritans who were running around all over the place. 
They had all these different cultures trying to find their place, trying to find some philosophy, something that they could gravitate to. And the, 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 the Sanhedrin, the Sadducees, Pharisees, and, 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 and scribes, and even Caesar out of Rome had given petition for them to, to stop the people from spreading the news about Jesus Christ, that new way. See, God was even then trying to create a new, a new uh, bring a new restoration and reform the people. And they were being opposed. They were being uh, objected against. They were being fought against, you know. And so then here, here comes Barnabas and, and Peter and these, these apostles. They're preaching and teaching uh, to the Jews. They were on board with the Jews, first the Jews. Jews were rejecting it. Jews, Jews didn't want to hear it. Now Cornelius come into the picture. And while all this debate is going on, all this argument is going on about this system versus that system, there was no Christianity at the time. It was just whatever the law said. That's what the, they were teaching to the Jews. They knew the law. They knew the Mosaic law. They knew the Davidic, the, 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 the Davidic law. They knew all of this. And there was so much argument and controversy about it, you know. And so here come Barnabas, and he grabs Paul, and he brings Paul to Antioch, where both of them taught the disciples uh, for about a year, okay, about um, what was documented uh, now in the, in the scriptures, uh, uh, where the disciples were called Christians. And so they start teaching about this. Um, matter of fact, it's in the book of Acts, chapter 11, verse 26. But up until that time, none of the Gentiles, man, could, could, could you know, be teaching about or learning about or saying anything about Jesus. But now this is all on the tail end of Paul's transformation on the road to Damascus. Now, Peter and John and P uh, Peter and uh, Barnabas and them, they had already been out there preaching. Amen. Because remember, Peter had already had an encounter with Jesus. And now here, you, here come Paul. He gets blinded on the road to Damascus. And he comes back and he's going back to some of these same people he had been persecuting. Now he's, he's preaching and teaching about Jesus. And so Barnabas grabs him, and they go together to Antioch, where there was a gathering in the church there, and a lot of debate going on there because you had Jews and Gentiles. You had basically a spiritual war going on there. You had the, the, the Old Testament religious system of the law, ceremonial, ritualistic teachings of Moses and Abraham and all of that clashing against this new doctrine that here come Paul, here come Barnabas, here come Peter. Now they're preaching salvation in Jesus' name through his death, burial, and resurrection. And so now you got that same issue that you have today where you have you got religious system of man clashing. Because if you remember, the law was based on a lot of laws, ordinances, fast, feast, those kind of things, ceremonial stuff, you know. But it, it had gotten so complicated and so contaminated, you know, until God sent Jesus, his son, to bring in a new way. Just like now, uh, to come and reform that, to come and restore that, to come and rescue that. You know, get it back to where it was intended. Amen. Where everybody will be worshiping one God, one spirit, one faith, one baptism, one body, many members. Where God was the head of Jesus and Jesus the head of the body. And so now you see this transition taking place historically. And then you pick it up in the book of Acts, you know, the 11th chapter. And it's all going down in Antioch. And let's kind of look at what happens here, you know, in the chapter 10 of Acts. Cornelius is the first Christian. He's the first, uh, uh, first Gentile convert, the first one to become a Christian. Wasn't no Christians up to that point. 
you had a lot of religious people. Prior to this, the only, only Jews were allowed to follow Jesus Christ as believers. Okay, Cornelius was a follower of Jesus. He became a follower of Jesus after he heard the gospel. He gave to the poor and he was accepted of God. Think about that. He gave to the poor. He was accepted of God. Jesus saw him. He saw him giving arms. He saw that he had a Christian heart and a Christian spirit. So he sends Peter, who had been preaching to the Jews, to his house to convert him and his family and his friends, all Gentiles. And they were the first ones to, became, to be called Christians, the first Gentile converts. And so guess what? We too are all Gentiles, and we was converted into the good olive branch, which was originally the Jews who rejected him. And so you see that, that, that restoration that God came and restored the Gentiles because the Jews rejected him, restored them to a relationship with him, came to seek and to save that which was lost. They were lost ceremonially. They were lost according to the, Jew, the Jewish teachings. But now Jesus comes and he decides to bridge this gap by teaching about the Father's kingdom, which had divided them, you know, because the old covenant could no longer do what it was intended to do because it had been contaminated. Just like today, you can create all these different systems of religion if you want to, but there is only one Savior. His name is Jesus. There's only one name by which people can be saved. That's Jesus. Okay. And so we want to look to him, the author and finisher. And this is, I believe, what God is trying to get us back to. Because if you think about what's taking place right now, you have 4,200 different denominations out there. I say denominations. Some uh, denominations out there who don't know what to do about the deity of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the only begotten, the Messiah, Christ, the anointed one. That's their argument. They don't know what to do with him. They want to treat him like a prophet. They want to treat him just like just a man. They want to treat him as just, you know, a good guy that came and preached. No, he is the savior of the world. He's the light of the world. He is that, uh, as we learned last night, that unspeakable gift, you know, an imaginable gift. You know, you can't even begin to comprehend, but he's good. You know, he's good. You know, he's good. You know, he's unchangeable, you know. And so they, they had to do something with Jesus, amen, because he's now on the scene and he's preaching the Father's kingdom. But he was impressed by this Gentile named Cornelius because he gave to the poor. And that's kind of what Jesus was concerned about, how they were treating the poor in the streets. You know, Jews with Jews didn't want to have nothing to do with them. And these are God's chosen people, but they was misrepresenting God. Just like today. I don't care how many denominations you come up with. I don't care how, how, you know, how much religion you come up with, how many systems you come up with, how you try to legislate it, how many amendment rights you come up with. We have inalienable rights given to us by our creator that man cannot take from us or deny us because they came straight from the Father. And he's saying, that's what I do not want to get lost in this generation. So I'm going to raise up me some sons and daughters that will stand on the word in this generation, that will proclaim the word in this generation. And that's what God is looking for. So let's go a little further here. Tradition holds that the first Gentile church was found in Antioch. Okay, that's in Acts chapter 10, uh, chapter 11, verse 20 through 21, the King James Bible, where it is recorded that the disciples of Jesus were the first, they were first called Christians, okay, in that church in Acts, okay, people who wanted to be like Jesus, no longer wanted to be like Caesar, no one wanted to be like the scribes and elders and Pharisees and Sadducees. They wanted to be like Jesus, amen, Christ-like, that's what the word means, okay, and it's recorded. 
It was from Antioch now that Paul went out to do all of his missionaries. We get all those epistles, all those 13, 14 epistles as he began to do his missionary. What was his missionary work about? He went around the world, man, all the way through Asia Minor, all the way Europe, uh, you know, Italy, Rome, all the way to, to Rome to testify to Caesar about this, uh, this new restoration that God was doing through Jesus Christ, his son. And Paul went out on these journeys to carry that message about the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So as you can see, God was beginning to restore what had been contaminated with religion you know, Caesar had instituted a system of religion. As long as they paid Caesar, they could go ahead and hold their little church services. That's all they could do. But inside the church, they were forbidding people to speak, preach and teach in that name, Jesus. That had to be restored back to the, what, what God intended. And Paul was one of the instruments he used. Peter was one of the instruments he used. Barnabas and all those apostles now who had heard that message, who had heard about Jesus. Some of them actually were eyewitnesses with Jesus. And so, you know, you got this going on now. And so it's, it's, it's God's way of restoring. And he wants to get us back to that. The word Christian, it only appears about three times in the Bible, in the book of Acts chapter 11, verse 26, chapter 26, verse 28, and in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16 of the King James Bible. And it says, for he was a man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord. Now, this is out of the book of Acts chapter 11. Look at, listen at this, verse 24, 26, and 27, the King James Bible. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem to Antioch. Now, this is Barnabas. He's taking Paul there. They've been teaching there for about a year, trying to convert all those people now away from the old teaching that had been going on by the, we call it the 11 of the Pharisees, you know, that hypocrisy, that, that heresy, that, that other gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection. They had been teaching that. Put your confidence in the, in, the, in the law. Put your confidence. Nothing wrong with the law, but the law now had been stretched. It had been changed, twisted, added to. It went from 10 commandments now to almost 610 commandments now, and they were using that law to control the people, okay? And so here now you got Barnabas and Paul. They're teaching. Both of them have had an experience with Jesus, so now they're teaching the people about this experience, amen, and prophets and people are coming from near and far to hear this and check this out. And when God begins to restore what he's going to do in this age right now, raising up those men and women, young folks, to stand on the word of God, it's going to draw people. People are going to want to come and hear what they got to say, and they're going to know right away that this is God, because when God do a thing, the fame of it goes out. The fame of it goes out, you know. Right now, the fame of what men are doing is going out. But when God moves in these last days, we're going to know that it was God. I knew uh, Sunday night when I saw that little six or seven year old girl saying what she was saying in that interview. I knew then I saw the picture then it quickened me then. God, I see what you're saying. That's one of those seven thousands right there. That's one of those those sons and daughters that you're going to pull your spirit out on and they're going to prophesy because she's doing it right now. She might not even know what she's doing, but she sure was doing it a lot more bolder than what we do. Uh, as leaders right now. And she wasn't afraid of what was going to happen to her. She was just going for it. Uh, over in the book of Acts chapter 26, verse 27 through 29, the King James Bible says this. Now we're talking about the three times 
that the people of God, the Gentiles, were called Christians, Christ-like people. They done moved away from, uh, you know, the old covenant. Now it's the new covenant. They done moved away from what the Jews believed and taught that required a sign. Now it's all about, you know, faith in God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So let's see what, 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 what is being said here in this chapter. This is Paul now, and it says, King Agrippa, believeth thou the prophets? Now, Paul is in Rome. He's testifying. He says, I know that thou believeth. He's talking to the King Agrippa. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Not a Pharisee, not a Sadducee, you know, not a, not a Catholic, not a Baptist, not a non-denomination, no religion. He said, almost thou persuaded me to be like Christ, a Christian, you know. And Paul said, I would to God that, he said, that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds, you know, except these bonds. Paul said, I'm still free to talk about Jesus, but I got these bonds. And I wish that I would be free to continue to go out and preach this gospel. But nevertheless, even in these bonds, I'm still going to talk about Jesus because he's the savior. I'm still going to act like him. I'm still going to imitate him. I'm still going to walk in my Christianity, not your system of religion. I did that once. It did not prosper me, you know. I was wrong. I persecuted the saints. I persecuted those, Stephen and all those. I held, I held the Jackson coats of those who stoned him because they kept testifying about Jesus, you know. And Paul said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer being a part of your religious system, carrying out your bidding. I am now a preacher of the gospel. I'm here now to convince you. I'm here to tell you about Jesus, what happened to me on the road to Damascus, my conversion, you know. In other words, in every generation, God is going to raise up some sons and daughters that will stand on the word. In Paul's generation, we see it right there. We see it with Barnabas. We see Paul raising up sons like Timothy, you know, Titus, all of these, Philemon, all of these, Phoebe, raising them up in their generation to be a voice that will stand on the word. Even all the way to Rome to Agrippa, there Paul is, man, testifying what it is to be a Christian. Almost I persuaded me, Paul, to be like Christ, to want to be like Christ. There's a lot out there right now that almost want to make that step. But God is going to have to come along and raise up this army that he's raising up. Raise up these 7,000 witnesses he got out there. And, and he's going to use them. He's going to give them a voice. Amen. We don't know who they are. Might be one of us. We don't know. But we know that we're seeing sparks of it now because God said he was going to do it in the last days. I believe he's doing it. I don't believe for a minute Satan is winning. So when we look over in the book of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 15 through 18, the King James Bible, again, we're talking about the three times we were called Christians, okay? Haven't always been that way. It started in Antioch, but once it started, <coughs> we know that Philippians 1 and 6 says that when he who has begun a good work in us will continue to perform that work until the day of his redemption, until the day Jesus Christ returned to get his bride, his prize, you know, it ain't going to stop. We're seeing it. We're going to see it. That new restoration is going to take place. That new culture is going to arise and go forth. It's happening now. We just got to pay attention. We can't get caught up in what we see. We got to get caught up in what we don't see, you know, because it's, 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 it's being done right before our eyes. But we got to believe to see it. We got to see it in the word so that we can look for it now out there. But if you try to look for it out there without seeing it in the word, you won't know what you're looking for. You won't know what you're seeing. You won't know how to discern it. 
First uh, Peter, the book of First Peter, chapter four, verse fifteen to eighteen, King James Bible says this. Maybe this will help us. It said, "But let none of you suffer as a murderer. That's what's blinding a lot of people, or as a thief breaking in. You know, all that's rioting and looting, blinding people. And he said, or as an evildoer. A lot of evil being done out there right now, knocking over seventy-five-year-old elder people, busting their head, police brutality, or." As a busybody in other man's matters, you got these groups out there that go from city to city, state to city, community to community. They don't have no agenda. They just want to go out there, man, and agitate the situation so they can carry out their little evil, carry out what they want to do. They're the ones who are breaking in the stores, stealing name brand, Nike shoes, all that kind of stuff. They're not out there to protest for peace. They're not out there, man, to try to solve the situation. You have those groups out there. They ride around in cars and vans and go from, they target where these, these uh, protests are going to be. And they go out there, man, and they trouble things for the good, the protesters who are out there doing it for the right reason, peaceful protest. You have those agitators. You have those antagonists who do that kind of stuff, too. We're seeing it, but we don't want to get blinded by that, by our own blindness, okay? We want to be able to see the goodness of the Lord out there. He says, yes, if in, yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinners appear? And so this is why when we started this a few uh, weeks back, we began to call for all the leaders to find their voice. I believe that was a word from God to find our voice where we at just because they locked the doors does not mean man i read a, i read a t-shirt today from a, i saw on one of the facebook pages and it said uh it said that um that the door the door of the building closed but the church came out you know i said wow that was something to that effect you know that the church is out of the building now you know and i said my god well we need to find our voice and began to do what God called us to do, you know, evangelize, you know, proclaim, declare, decree, whatever it is, encourage, go out and build up, go out, man, and pull people out of, out of the darkness, out of, you know, bring some light out there into the streets, be that city that's set on the hill, don't be hid, you know, let your light so shine, amen, and minister your good works, and they too will glorify our Father, which is explore every available avenue, opportunity, we're using this podcast to reach many right now, there are other ways that we can get it out. I was blessed by that little young girl when she, I mean, she was out there, man, on the front lines. Amen. And I'm beginning to see more and more young people finding their voice. God is pouring out his spirit on them where we wouldn't as older people get out there and do that. And, and that's not a knock on anybody. It just wasn't our thing. But what are we going to do? Sit back and do nothing? We're praying for those young people. We want to encourage those young people. We want to do our part back here, man, to put the word out there, you know, so people to know what they're doing is actually the, what the Bible is saying is going to happen in these last days. Amen. And so we see that right there in Peter, man. We've been called Christians to be like Christ, to be imitators of Christ. Amen. We're not called to be religious people, to be a part of a set of rules and ordinances and all that was done away with. Jesus came and did away with that system and brought in a new and a more excellent way, which is to be like Christ, which is, a, you know, to, to have mercy, to, to operate in grace, you know, love and peace and, 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 and righteousness and aim to please God in these things. What in, in these spiritual things, 
so that we can be accepted of God and approved of men. The book of Romans chapter 14 verses 16 and 17 says that the kingdom of God is not material thing. It's not religion. You know, it's not politics. It's not government. It's not even education uh, out, in, out there in the, in, the, in the worldly system. You know, that'll only get you so far. I can't take my college degree and I got three of them and discern nothing in the Bible. They're good to be able to deal with worldly affairs and worldly matters. I understand that. You know, but I'm also, you know, uh, I'm, I'm also educated in the word of God because I studied the word, as he said, like a workman who need not be ashamed, right to divide the word of truth. I want to be able to see and discern what's going on around me spiritually because we're in a spiritual war. You know, thank God for education. Thank God for the government if it's working for everybody. Thank God, okay, for our economy being right for people can get a job and, and meet their financial obligations if those things are working right but if man gets his hand on them and start abusing it next thing you know he want to take over telling the church what to do and that's what's happening right now that system of religion is raising its ugly head again you know and and so we we, we still are christians because the lord called us christians founded us in antioch we're still christians meaning we want to be like christ we're striving to be more like christ imitating him more and that's what god is restoring right there what he originally started, he's performing right now. Amen. And then he goes on to say, we got about four or five minutes, so let me get a couple more of these scriptures to you here. He says, there is a new restoration coming to the earth and it's coming to God's people. There is a goodness from God that is going to lead uh, many to repentance. That's going to take place. We see it already. Matter of fact, in the book of Romans, chapter two, verse, uh, chapter two, verse four, the King James Bible says this, Oh, despises thou the, the riches of, this, of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. It led us to repentance. It's going to lead others to repentance. Somebody got to have a voice talking about the goodness of the Lord. And the Bible says, you know, in Psalms, it said, I would have fainted had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what I saw Sunday night. That's what I saw Saturday night with that 14-year-old and that little six or seven-year, eight-year-old person that was out there. You have to believe, you know. David said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man that trusts in him. You have to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's out there. You got to believe to see it. Amen. We go on here and it says, for those of us who confess and profess that we have received or obtained the precious faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, be warned against the false teachers and false doctrines that are out there, things that indulge in the flesh, things that despise authority. They're bold and proud about it, ignorant and arrogant, slanderous and quick to carouse around things of pleasure. To, uh, it says to them, do, but to, they do it openly and they involve believers of the world. Ease, their eyes are full of adultery. They subduce unstable souls. They are greedy. They are those who have wandered off the straight and narrow path and turned from following the right way or right road. They are filled with emptiness and instability. Listen, they speak lies, they are boastful, and they have a lot of empty words. This is how you know. You'll be able to spot the goodness of God out there in the midst of all that I just read, that list I just went on. You can't deny it if you look, it's right there before you. That lets you know right there. That's what that system, worldly system of religion produces. 
That's what it produces. That's not God. That's what the worldly system that people have bought into and turned them loose on us out here in the streets. That's what it produces all the way from the White House. OK, to write out their man on the streets of these major, major metropolitan cities and other places where you see all this rioting and looting and, and, and chaos going on right now. Even in the institutions that are supposed to be able to keeping the people safe. Look at what they're doing. They're being authorized to use deadly force, military force against their very own citizens that they're sworn and paid by federal dollars, taxpayer dollars to be to protect the people. So you're seeing all of this stuff happen for various reasons. You know, it's something that they want to protect. It's some system that they want to protect. And it's not Christianity. Okay? That's where God comes in at with a new restoration. And he's going to do it. He's going to have the final say. The book of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16, and we're getting ready to close. King James Bible says this. As also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, and which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable risk, that word W-R-E-S-T, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. That's in the book of Second Peter chapter 3, verse 16. This is Paul, again, writing this letter right here. That word risk, spelled W-R-E-S-T, in the scripture is a transit verb. It meaning, it's meaning they pull, they force, or they move by violent wrangling or twisting movements to gain with difficulty by or as if by force, violence, or uh, determined labor. Uh, some of the uh, acronyms of this word means to cram, install, insert, ram, stuff, give, install, attach, reattach, jam, wedge, or implant. And so what he's saying right there is they will use whatever tactics they can to have their way. They'll use fear. They'll use pressure. They'll try to jam it. They'll try to, they'll try to jam it through Congress and Senate. They'll do all these things. They want to risk control out of, out, of, out, of, out of the Christian's hand. They don't want God to get no glory. They want man to get all the glory. And that's going on right now. All those things that, that I just described through that transit verb. That's what's taking place right now, you know. They're trying to pull people away from praying and trusting God. They'll tell you, don't pray in the name of Jesus, whatever you do. You can pray, but pray a universal prayer because you got a very diverse population out here. You got Muslims out here. You got this out here. You got Buddhists out here. You got all Hindus out here. You got all these Catholics out here, Baptists out here. You got all these multi-denominations that are being represented in the, in, the, in, the, in the states right now and all over the world. And everybody want to cater to all of that right now. And so they create this world order or this, they create this system of religion where everything goes. But it said, blessed is the nation whose Lord is our God. You know, I think that's in Psalms, uh, the book of Psalms, chapter 33, verse 12. Righteousness is what exalts the nation. I think that's in, in Proverbs, um, I want to say Proverbs 18. You know, but righteousness is what exalts the nation. You know, blessed is the nation whose Lord is our God. One God, one faith, one spirit, one baptism. You know, one body, many members. You know, and that's not talking about many religions, but one many members. You know, and so we're going to end right here tonight. But understand what what uh, what is causing God to, to to do this new restoration, to do a new thing, because we can't sustain the way we're going right here. Peter's epistle is very powerful because it is written to all Christian believers. All Christian believers, not necessarily religious folks, if they want to have an ear to hear it, they can. Primarily written as a means of combating false teaching, 
systems of religion from false teachers, false prophets. You know, this has historically, uh, you know, has been the controversial issue that all believers and churches have had to deal with, still dealing with it today. It appears we are having to deal with this same controversy even today. It's just played out in politics and different, uh, you know, different uh, forms of religion and different forms of governmental stuff that's going on out here in the streets. But at the end of the day, you know, God wants to restore the Christianity, the Christ-likeness, the Christ-like attributes, the Christ-like leadership, the Christ-like voice that is missing out there right now. You know, he wants his government to rule in the reign out there right now. And it's not happening, but he's going to restore it. So we're going to end right there tonight, amen, and open the line up for, for comments, amen. So at this time, what you can do, you can take your phones off of um, mute and uh, give me some comments. Amen. God bless. Hope you got some out of the lesson tonight. We'll pick this up next Tuesday and continue to go forth. Love you all. God bless you. Thank you. Amen.